0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. It's Friday January 31st, and I don't know about you, but I'm still adjusting to say Friday, January 31st, 2020. It's like the 31st day into the new millennium, into the new decade. Sorry, not the millennium, but the new decade. And I hope that you have started working on your dreams, your goals, and all that you have to do. Don't hesitate while you still have life. Let us do something, right? And let us uh, continue to do something. We have a lot to talk about. It's Friday. It's the day before the Super Bowl. Like We only have a couple more days before the Kansas City Chiefs show us who is boss. Or is it going to be the 49ers? Who's, where's your money on? <laughs> I don't have skin in the game because Jerry Rice doesn't play anymore. So I don't really. But I do like the Kansas City Chiefs. Quarterback I like his fighting spirit And I think he deserves a chance Because last year he played Really hard to make it to the Super Bowl And they took it from him and gave It to deflate gate guy So anybody who is a, who is a uh, Patriots fan Sorry but I'm not Your guy I don't like your guy anymore He used to be my, my fan Until I found out about deflate gate And I just think it's time you, As a leader you have to Learn when it's time for you to step back and let the next generation come forth. I find that we're so egotistic that we continue to always want to be at the forefront, not because there are not others who are just as able to do it, but because it's about self. I want to be seen. I want to be called the greatest. I want to be seen in front of the cameras all the time. And I want the chatter to always be about me. So when the attention is not on you, then you have an issue. Like this morning, we found that out with Tom Brady, who tweeted a photograph of him standing in an empty stadium as if he's suggesting that he's going to retire. And I'm like, so? There are plenty of great players in the National Football League. There are plenty of great players in college ball and in high school who can dethrone you and pass you in passing yards like nothing. Dude, Tom Brady, take a seat. Take a seat. Go take your bow and be out of here. Let somebody else. You have to know when to hang up your straps, hang up your cleats, or whatever it is that football players wear, and hang up your boxing gloves. Go sit for a minute. Just because it's the Super Bowl and they're not talking about you and you miss the attention, give, give it to somebody else. They're talking about Patrick Mahonez, the young kid who deserves a chance, whom they took it from, the NFL and the referees took it from last year, only to be embarrassed when you found out that Mr. Kraft was actually having sex with sex trafficking victims. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. A few hours before the Super Bowl last year, that's not an image that any of us want to encourage. So let somebody else who has worked hard and who believes that it's their hard work and their talent and their dedication and their passion for the game that has brought them this far. It's time for Tom Brady to sit back. There are too many other great players out there. There are too many other great players. He's dominated enough, and he's run out of his good faith with me. After deflate gates, where he deflated the ball so he could catch the ball and could end up in the Super Bowl, no. Hell no. Not when you have real players who actually catch the ball that is thrown them. See, that's what makes the difference. It's what you do with what's been thrown at you not what somebody else configured and made it look pretty so that you can deal with it. Whatever has been thrown at you and you catch it and you deal with it, that determines your greatness. And that's all that it comes down to. So If he's going to bow, so what? Go. Just please. Enough. Enough. Enough of the patriots. I want to see true athleticism, right? I want to see people actually moving the ball and can do so. And there are a million, there are hundreds of thousands of people who can do that right so today's Friday it's fearless Friday so I'm wearing my bracelet that says fearless right so it's fearless Friday so I hope the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers going to this on Sunday and give us a game packed with action and a game packed with some good football so at the end of it all we can sit back and say that was a good game and that was a good Sunday evening right So today on our show, I have something controversial to talk about. I know it's going to uh, perhaps push the needle a little bit, so I'm setting you up for now. It might make you uncomfortable, but it's not me. Blame the statisticians at the U.S. Census Bureau. The demographers who collate data, collect all the data and whose task it is to review the data based on their training and experience, they make projections over time this is the first time that they have made a projection that makes everyone else uncomfortable. In years past, when they made projections, everybody was fine with it because it favored them. But this time, when the demographers and the chief statistician, at the time she was, her name is Catherine Wallman, her title was the chief statistician for the United States, which means that she worked for the Census Bureau, and of all the people who are the statisticians, She, it was her job to collect it. Now, how does someone do that? Well, it's kind of like being an actuary. It's the same thing. You study data and you determine that someone based on age and all sorts of relevant factors, you determine what is their likelihood of their longevity. And the insurance companies use that kind of data a lot to determine how much can they sell life insurance to a group of people. Well, that's what the statisticians do. All they do is collect data. So we're here in the United States. They have been collecting the census for more than 100 years. So they pretty much know what they're talking about. They have access to the data. And frankly, this is a new country. This is a new nation. I don't know how we've kept our records. So, you know what I mean? And, and stored them. But thank God we have. So they have the data that now they can look at that data and see trends. Right. And so the story that what we're going to talk about is how whites are now going to be the new minority. In 2014, the United States statistician, Catherine Wallman, presented, made a presentation to the Census Bureau, to the statisticians at the Census Bureau, in which she presented that based on data science, this is why some people don't like the science, because the science is, is true. The science is right, right? It's the fact. And the science said that people in the United States who are white, white Americans, are going to be the minority by 2044. And everybody went nuts. People went crazy. So it made even the people who were statisticians uncomfortable because suddenly you look at the, they look at themselves and they're like, We're gonna be the minority. Uh, what that's going to mean Perhaps Not very comfortable In light of the fact that whites In order to maintain their dominancy Over the years Their cultural and racial dominance Over the years Have had to engage in unsavory practices That not only marginalized And disenfranchised people of color But in, in some cases Was violent So now if whites are going to be The new minority Will that same violence be turned back on them? Those were things that they had to consider and it was not comfortable. This is 2014, Barack Obama was still president. So you can imagine when this data became available and people who worked within the government who knew this data was happening and you had a black president at the time. Now, do you understand why 2016 happened? It was a natural. Wasn't it? It was a natural. It was going to happen because people feared. The link keeps dropping, missing what you're saying. I'm sorry. It's Comcast or whatever. It's not. Sorry. Uh, Head over to YouTube if you can. Right? If the link keeps dropping, go over to YouTube. It's it's a more stable platform than Twitter. Maybe Twitter doesn't want me to talk about this this morning. You know what I mean? Because it will stir up some stuff right and maybe it's just maybe they will so expect some feedback so what you're looking at is that whites are are going to be the new minority according to the statistician at the census bureau and that's not comfortable so let me read it to you i'm going to read it to you this is the census bureau recently revealed that by the year 2044 white americans are projected to fall below Half the population, thus losing their majority status. Are you hearing me? Right? Thank you. Thank you. Right? So it's Twitter, that's the problem. So I head over to YouTube. Right? So, in a nation where race determines everything, what does that mean to so the group of people who have been the culturally and racially dominant group? How do they internalize this, and how do they feel? Well, let me break it down for you. White nationalists, for whom white nationalism and white identity is their issue and their platform, they have issues with that. Because they feel that if they lose their dominance, then they are going to have a problem. They don't want to lose their dominance. Now, do you put so? So this report is now just we're just now getting it, but this was available to people who were in the government system for a long time, right? And because of this, what when the statisticians at the Census Bureau first read this, they conducted a study. So they gathered a group of people. You know how focus groups work. We've all participated in focus groups. So they gathered a group of people in a room and presented the study. And what they found was that people, white people, whites who were presented with the study, when they looked at it, they were angry and they expressed it. And those very same people were most likely to be what? You know it, to be racist against minorities and more likely to encourage restrictive immigration practices. The architect of the current immigration practices is a guy named Stephen Miller who has spent a lot of time around government. He was privy to this report. Now you understand. But here's the thing. The facts speak for themselves. In, in Latin, it's called res ipsa loquitur. The facts speak for themselves. There is nothing you and I can do to change that. 2044 is 24 years away. You can restrict immigration now. The people who are going to contribute to to, to this uh, phenomenon are already here. They're already born. There's some interesting things in in this review as well. It does say that there will be more older people in America by the in, by the year 2056 than ever. Baby boomers would be beyond age 65, and people are living longer. It also says that brown people, Hispanics, and so on, non-Hispanic whites, right, are have attended. They have more children. Whites are not having children because whites are either too busy to have children or they're not having enough children, or they don't have children at all. So if they're not having children, then how is the white population going to grow? It has not grown. Now, they say that the life expectancy is a different, life expectancy is a different thing. We'll talk about that some other time. But you're looking straight at the facts. Now, you've got to understand that the Census Bureau, the Census Bureau by and large collects the data from what? From the data. It's not like they go somewhere and and pick this up, y'all. They collect the data. So this is real. They count heads. How many people live in this community? How many people live in this household? So the data is not skewered. It's It's not driven by a company who wants to make money. It's just raw data and all you do is look at it and analyze and you can tell where it's trending. This trend has been happening for some time because I remember in the late 1980s, the early 1990s, there was some report that kind of was startling that eventually, if we lived to see the year 2000 or whatever, the the American population would no longer be majority white. And it was startling then, but I guess everyone, you know, you just ignored it, like that could never happen, that would never happen, but we're living in real time. The question really is, what does this mean, and what is going to happen? That's really where our issue is. Because if whites, as as this explains why people who normally never supported white supremacists and who never supported white ethno-nationalism, all of a sudden find themselves supporting it because now they recognize that they're no longer going to be culturally dominant. And I suspect in a lot of cases that the reason it, it shocks them is if they're no longer going to be culturally dominant, they expect some kind of reprisal. From all the things they have done to ethnic and racial minorities over time. That's one issue. But they're mostly afraid that now they won't be able to throw the big stick around that I'm in charge and I can do whatever I want to do. It's shifting. Can I just help you out? This is not the only country where this is a problem. This is not the only white-dominated country where this is a problem. Have you studied Britain lately? Do you know that in the city of London, there are more brown people living there than whites? Did you know that? Do you know that England, as a nation, can no longer describe itself as Christian? There are more practicing Muslims in England than any other religion who identify. So if you, it's far from you thinking that this is just an American phenomenon. No, it's not. It's happening everywhere in the world. And the fastest growing groups are not blacks as much as whites historically hate blacks and have practiced discrimination against blacks. No, the fastest growing groups are Hispanics and Asians. That's who you need to watch because they don't just have one child in a typical black community. They have two children. When you see multiple children, a father is absent. He's incarcerated or absent. Let's just be clear, due to uh, rabid social injustice policies that have marginalized the black community for more than 200 years. The fastest growing groups are Asians and Hispanics. And when Asians in particular have children, they don't just have two, they have three and four. So, the people who are born today will be 24 in, eight in in the year 2044. The people who are alive today are having children today, and when that next census counts, for the first time, whites are going to find themselves as the new minority. I went to a to a to a, to a seminar some time ago, and I've been sharing with you that they described how it will be a minority majority, and blacks will be 13 percent of that. The remainder. Will be uh, uh, Hispanics and other Asians It is what it is So they can shut the door on immigration Because immigration impacts population Because 150 years ago When the American population was growing Let's all remember that people came here From southern and eastern Europe The folks who came from southern and eastern Europe Were not considered white. But America reclassified them as whites so that they could form that culturally dominant group. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The lines have shifted. Let me see what people are saying. <laughs> Somebody saying, build that wall. Uh, I am on YouTube. Somebody says, uh, build that wall and Blacks, uh, Trump helped the criminal justice for the Black community, yes, because it's kind of like he's fixing what a previous generation of white political leaders had done by marginalizing folks in the Black community and sending people in the Black community to jail under mass incarceration strategies that were designed primarily as population control. If you disenfranchise people and remove them from economic stability, then they're most likely to commit crime or they're going to find themselves too poor to be able to come out of jail, like in Mississippi, for instance, where there are debtors prisons, where people who owe debt to private corporations, not owe debt to the state government or the federal government, people in Mississippi who owe debt to private corporations are locked up by the state of Mississippi and imprisoned in prisons. If that is not disenfranchisement and marginalization, I don't know. So I have a message for all you other Uh, People of color and ethnic groups If you think that they're going to sit back And just let this slide You have another thing coming Think you're going to sit there and say Well, I identify as white My attitudes are white I think I'm white Baby, it's going to come down to the color Of what your skin is You saw the ethno-nationalists What they did in Virginia and Charlottesville You saw that you think it's not gonna, they're not going to be more motivated when they feel that they have something to lose and they have people in government whom they think will back them? Why do you think we're clamping down on it? That is true. Somebody is saying that on a global scale, whites have been the minority for many decades. Yes, but you would never know because of economic policies that they have put in place they control the world's money and commerce. Consequently, they continue to dominate. Well, these shifting demographics are saying is that it's not just the numbers that are going to change. Eventually, the power and control dynamic is going to change. And I dare say that is the problem. Right? Is that a qualified opinion or just yours? Uh, the largest group that's growing are Middle Eastern. Uh, I'm following what the Census Bureau says. Uh, you can go look it up on census.gov, right? You can go read it on census.gov. So I'm following what the Census Bureau says. And my opinion is a qualified opinion because I studied the facts. Thank you, right? So, so let's, so, so this is to me, from what I am seeing, is that it's not just the numbers, the sheer Number of people that's going to change is the shifting power dynamics For instance, if you were to go on forbes.com and you were to look up uh, on uh, forbes.com the number of billionaires in the world you're going to find that it's peopled with people of color You're going to find folks from Nigeria. You're going to find folks from India and folks from China, right? And those are considered people of color, where traditionally, this was just all about being white. I, I must admit that the system of money has changed because in the last 30 years, we have created – it seems like it's been easier to call someone a billionaire than there ever was. I mean, 100 years ago, when money was money and, and people had real money, like they had investments in oil and diamonds and stuff like that and commodities, right? It seemed like we didn't call people billionaires back then. Today we are ready to attach billionaire status to just anybody. And sometimes when you look at people's net worth as opposed to what their real worth is, is a big difference, right? People claim their stock options as part of their net worth. But if the company crashes, then you don't, got, you don't have anything. So because of shifting perception, that's really what the problem is. If this information becomes fully public, we're going to have a problem because people are going to sit back and think about what does this mean in real time and what does it mean for, for people like ourselves, right? And what does it mean for, what, for them? Most people, most whites sort of act from the perspective Right, that they are more powerful simply because of numbers. Their sheer numbers. They're in charge of the government. They have a guy or girl in the government who looks like them, sounds like them, and executes policies that benefit them. They expect when they go to work that the same is true. That the people who are running the corporations and businesses where they work are white and are therefore going to execute policies that benefit them. They believe the system was put in place for them. That's how whites think. They forget that there were other contributors, contributors to the American success story, primarily a group of people who came straight out of Africa. They built the American commerce system. It's on their backs that American wealth has stood. You know why I say that? Because if you read the facts, America has been the number one economy in the world since 1871. What was happening in 1871? Slavery had just ended. So the American economy was built on the backs of slaves from Africa. So when whites presume that their dominance is based upon the fact that they own this country, it is erroneous. First of all, when they came here, there were other people here who lived on the land. Maybe they didn't do the land what they wanted to do. So they killed the people out put them on reservations, and take over the land in the name of conquest. Yeah? Let's just be clear. That's the story, right? Then they brought slaves to help them work the land because at that time, everybody was agrarian in mentality. They needed slaves to work in their factories. We never talk about that. Who the hell did you think were working in the factories in the north? You think it was just the Irish the Irish came a hundred years later? What was happening after the Industrial Revolution in the seventeen hundreds? Let us be clear. You think they only brought slaves to only work in the South to make it seem like only people in the South were racist? Who do you think were working in the factories that built industry in the north? History is written by the winners. And the winners are going to write what they want it to look like and sound like. So now a typical white guy is listening to this and his ire is up. He probably tuned out. Many of them tuned out for me because they're going to be like, I don't know what she's saying. She has skin in the game. She's probably not going to, you know, she's probably saying that just go on census.gov. That's where the information comes from. Uh, I have a caller, my regular caller, P- piante right? Uh, good morning. Hi. Welcome to Down to Earth. Let's hear what you have to say.
0: Well, you know, I've heard people make comment about this. Whites will become minority.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Why the does it matter?
0: Wealth. Uh-huh. Well, one reason why I come... You have the issues. When whites do become a numerical minority, Uh then those affirmative action programs that was put in place based on uh, whites and blacks would go away because it was white majority black minority that brought about affirmative action and the reason why. So that's what they that's what's going to happen. And uh, and I don't know what to say, but uh, get prepared for it. Affirmative action would come to an end because it was based on a white majority and a black minority in its initial stages. Later on, you had politicians add others to the mix, Russians, South Koreans, so on and so on. But ultimately, it would come to an end. I just wanted to add that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Pianche, for listening and calling Mm -hmm. me. Thank you so much. But my caller has raised a valid point that affirmative action will go away, but affirmative action is the least of the issue because now you'll have a different group of people who will form the majority. So now you can't say, well, you don't have access to programs or or opportunities. I'm white and don't care. All races are in the same struggle to survive, put food on the table. It benefits the white women. Wow. Just curious. Why does it matter? Well, you might be more progressive than, than most. So, to you, it doesn't bother you, affect you one way or another. But the focus for most of us is that there are a group of people for whom this will matter. And that is what we should be concerned about. Ethno nationalists, people who believe in white supremacy and white power, they're not just gonna sit back and go away. And unfortunately, those people are not living in caves out in the hills somewhere you know, way up in some mountainside or something. They're in power, and they're in positions of power. That's really what we need to pay attention to. No, it shouldn't matter, What, re- as far as I am concerned, what should matter is that we move the country forward. As long as, whoever is going to become the majority, as long as they're going to execute programs for the good of all, as lo- long as they're going to work to keep the peace, and keep the security of the country and keep moving our country forward so we will always be the first, the best, the best, the first, the first and everything. I'm good. I don't want us to slip because <laughs> I don't trust some other people. You know, we, if you if you go to Alaska and you stand up in, in Sarah Palin's backyard and you can see that other place over there, I, I don't trust those folks. So whoever becomes the majority... I want them to maintain our power, maintain our might, the might of our military, maintain our economic power. Those two things matter to me because those two things are what form our security, our national security, or national security is predicated upon those two things, our military and our economic power. So whoever becomes the majority work together to keep those two because that's what's important. Because the minute we lose sight of that, we're going to lose our position and we can't afford to lose that. But that's what we project. That's on an international level. On a national level, right here domestically, where it matters most is that it's going to impact schools. It's going to impact college admissions. It's go- So now whites will become the minority, and as my caller said, numerically, From that perspective, what he's trying to say is make the difference that even though numerically they might be the minority, the racial and cultural dominance is going to perpetuate because they will still have the money. And as long as they will still have the money, they're still going to drive economic policies that benefit them. Population-wise, they won't be able to do anything because their numbers just won't support it. Because for 50 years, white people stopped having kids. Let's just be clear. White women and men determined that they were just not going to have kids. They wanted to be same-sex partners, or they wanted to minimize how many kids they were going to have. They didn't want to have four kids, or they wanted to wait later to have children. And then, they, you know, child care is expensive. So what we really need to look at is how will this translate na- uh, national? How do you think a, a white guy who is an ethno-nationalist, a white supremacist, let's just be clear not you and I right you and I are probably just normal people okay but a guy who takes this personally what do you think he's going to do he walks into a city and the city is run by a, a you know a culture is culturally dominated the politics civically is is controlled by people who look brown and black then he goes to the state legislature and what happens they're also run by people who don't what is he going to do? You think he's just going to fold up and go back to some mountain to hide? Nah, he's going to come and find out what 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 does this all have for him? You don't know that I'm talking the truth, isn't that what kind of happened in Charlottesville when they went into a black church and just killed people and nothing happened? The guys he he hasn't been given the death penalty yet, has he? Right? Think about that. So when this report was first. Uh, revealed in 2014 It naturally had an impact On the outcome of that election in 2016 Now you understand Why these you've seen the economic Policies and the immigration Policies you've seen in the last Four years because all of us were like Where's all this hatred coming from that we never Saw before? We've never seen this Before. We knew there is racism in the Society but it kind of went It was ramped up. Well It's because they were looking at the Data from the Census Bureau that says clearly that 2044 is that defining year. In fact, it's going to, it already has started defining. And guess what? When the census is counted by the end of this year, when they've collected all the data and they put together the data, I guarantee you it's going to be mind-blowing how the population has changed. And it's going to drive people crazy. Because America is going to look a lot more brown than white. And there are going to be repercussions. I am talking about it at the macro level. You already know these discussions and plans have been put in place. You already know that. So they may not like Trump because he's vocal about it. But there are people who might agree with Trump in the back, behind the scenes, taking it seriously and acting on it. They might not pick up a microphone or grab a megaphone and go to a rally like Trump does and speak his rhetoric. But they agree. Nonetheless, everybody is not welcoming because people have every right to be scared because they're looking at reprisals. What are these people going to do after centuries of being oppressed racially and economically? And now you're going to hand them the reins of power? What are they going to do? What I have news for you. This is not just in America. It's happening everywhere. It's Canada. It's the rest of the world. It's the rest of the the world that was traditionally white. It's happening everywhere. You think we're the only people who have problems with immigration? You don't think the Spaniards did? All those people were trying to cross over the mouth of Africa to get into southern Spain as entry point into, into Europe. All those people trying to get into southern Italy as entry point to get into Europe. You think they were the only ones people in Morocco and Algeria had problems for the rest of Africa trying to pass through their land to get into Europe. You think Germany was the smart one. When Syrians started migrating, Germany said, hold, hold up, hold up. You don't look well, see what we're doing. We're facing a declining population. Whites all over the world are declining. We need to build our population. So Germany said, if you're an engineer, you're a doctor, you studied something in school, you're welcome to come. Let's build up the population. Everybody else began looking at people and saying, I don't want to be with those people. I don't want to mix with those people. I don't want them to have anything to do with me. You're being ridiculous. You need to get the best of the best. You need to bring people here who can move the country forward. It's ridiculous. I've never understood this anti-immigrant. I'm like, why are you being, you're, you're being silly? Because only the best can live here. So bring the people who have a contribution to make to the fabric of American life, who improves the way of life of people and have something to make, bring them. We have something to offer. They help make America great. America is already great, but we continue the legacy of being the dominant. I don't know about you. I don't know about you all, but I want to live in the society that dominates. I don't want the people who, if I go to Alaska, and stand up in Sarah Palin's backyard, I can see it, see their country from Sarah Palin's backyard. I don't want them. It's my nightmare. I, I, I thought about this. Uh, true confession. I thought about this. You're, and you're going to laugh at this. I know you're all going to laugh and say, seriously, Harry, I thought about this so much. That last week, I went to bed and I had a nightmare. And I woke up that we, were, we all had, were required to speak Russian. And they took over, and they, then we all had to speak Russian, and they changed all our laws because they were now in charge. It wasn't that. I woke up sweating, and I, I literally picked up my phone, and I was like, let me check CNN real quick <laughs> to make sure <laughs> that everything is okay. I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, where's the president? Anybody seen him lately? Where's the Joint Chiefs? Where's the Secretary of State? Where are they? I'm like. I'm serious. I panicked. So what I want whites to do, white Americans, stop the panicking. Stop the hating. Let us work together. Maybe your position is shifted. You have enjoyed it for 400 years. Now teach the new people how to be. Work with people. But you're not going to do that because all you're going to think about is you lost your position. If you continue to look inwardly We're never going to move forward internationally. And we've got to, because we're going to be a sitting duck. Because we've done some things we have, uh, probably are not proud of, that other people might object to if they get a chance to. We can't afford for that. So my thing is, let us work together for the good of all. This is what should have happened in the first place. While we were so busy building our empire, We hurt the people within our borders the most. And what we're finding out now is that that was a bad move because we need those people. We need their loyalty. We need their contribution to continue to make the empire great. You thought an empire was just built on a few? Well, you learned something now. You need all men who are created equal to build this great country and build this empire. And now what are you going to do? Going to make up for it if I were you? You better start writing them checks for that 40 40 acres and a mule. You better start talking about reparations. You better start talking about the Chinese who came here as indentured laborers in the 1800s and were sent to California to work as indentured slaves. You better start talking about reparations and repair the breach. This is what I don't understand about people who call themselves Christian leaders, They're busy running around the country, dividing instead of uniting. Jesus Christ preached peace on earth. But you're busy over there telling one other country to go to war and creating that same divisive rhetoric, creating war within your own nation. And you want to be an empire? How are you going to continue to be an empire if you don't love and provide for all the citizens within its borders? That's one of the things that has kept America great. They made it so that people, would be, even if they didn't like the color of your skin, they still made it so you could live here without living in dire, oppressed poverty. And now, you're finding out times have changed. People are, are awake. They've woken up out of the long sleep. And they're determining what it is that is important. And while you were asleep, And enforcing your dominance, people were simply just having more children than you were. And now, here we are. As my kids would say, and here we are. Here we are. So as my caller said, it might just be a numerical difference, but it has severe impacts. The ramifications are greater. It's not just a a number. Numbers matter. That's one of the things that some people miss. You can't miss the science. The data and the science match up. Somebody on my Twitter feed just asked me if this is my opinion or it's the Census Bureau who gives these numbers. I wish they were mine. Because like you, I would want parity. I guess you're in disbelief because you can't believe that it could be true. So I suggest, Tonight, this is your homework, this is your assignment, go to census.gov today. Before you read anything else that comes across your feed, your timelines, go to census.gov. You need to read the story. It's amazing. It was earth-shaking. I came across it two weeks ago, and I told my producer, I said, we need to talk about this. I was, it was simply just mind blowing because the ramifications are huge. What will America look like? Well, you know something? Perhaps we need to start looking like what we really are made up of. We have people whom we call native because they were born, their ancestors were here longer before the rest of us. We have Hispanics because remember, at one point, California and Texas were part of Mexico, especially Texas some parts of California so let's just be clear right and of course there are the blacks black people whose ancestors built the commerce of this great nation you can't overlook that we have been a the dominant economy since 1871 what was happening in 1871 the south What did the cells produce? Cotton, produce, and who did the work? Who did the work? The question that black Americans should be asking white Americans, that dominance that you enjoy, who did the work to make you great? Who did the work? California is how it is. Who did the work? Texas, who did the work? New York, who did the work? Washington, who did the work? Florida, who did the work? Nevada, who did the work? All these that make up the United States, who did the work? All right, so now that we have established that, let's all get to work. Let's all of us get to work. Know that we have this common identity that that this is what America is all about that we are this number of people, we come from diverse places, we are multi-ethnic, we're everything. We look like the United Nations, which is what we are. Let's all get to work. How do you like living here? You like it? You like what we represent? You like what we do? Okay, let's get to work and build this boy. Let's build this thing up and continue the great legacy of making America great. Not because of other military might, not just because of that, but because we believe that our people, the people who live within our borders and all people are created equal and deserve a chance. Let's do that. That's the message that we should take away. Not for white people to sit down tonight or tomorrow and look at this and say, well, what are we going to do? Don't throw your hands up in the air. Let's get to start building. Wherever in the communities across the nation, wherever whites Are go find people in the community and bring them into the conversation how about that starting down in arizona stop being divisive how about that new mexico stop it quit that stuff start bringing people into the conversation we have a common enemy you know what our problem is we don't have a common enemy now we don't have a common enemy because what they try to identify as a common enemy look like some of the people who live here. So people were like, man, I can't do that. That guy's my coach, that guy does work for me. That's my friend's father. That's my, you know, I go to school with people like that. We need to identify what our common enemy is. Our common enemy is poverty and injustice. Our common enemy is poverty and injustice. Identify that. We don't want that in our country. We want our country to be great. So let's work together. We don't like crime either. All across the country, at every level, from the county level, the city level, the county level, to the state level, to the regional level, let us unite around this common goal. Let's make the country what it is. Not what it used to be, what it is. There's so much to celebrate here. Look at us. 250 years later, look at us. Whoever thought that this would have lasted, this democratic experiment where we rally around the idea of having autonomy and choice to choose the next leader? Do you know they say that by the year 2056, the population is going to soar to 404 million? I was like, dang, that's not so far from here. You mean 400 million people will be living here? And I'm like, what am I worried about? We have the space. And we have the resources. Every state is a sovereignty in itself. We can do our, you can make your own power. You have access to good water. Every state can run itself. We do have the space to do that. There is enough wealth here that all can participate in. And frankly, people in America just want to live. Yeah, they want to be able to go to work. It's Friday evening. People want to go do their thing, right? pay their bills, take care of their families, and they're good. They're like, someday I'm going to put my feet up and watch the Super Bowl. That's the American way of life. That's what they want. Work together. So my friends, all of us, whether you look like me or not, whether you sound like me or not, whether you even want to think like me or not, the fact is we're all here. Let's get together and protect this this is important. Homeland, this is it, y'all. Let's put our hearts and our minds together to protect what so far has been good, and let's keep making it even better than it used to be. Let's continue to leave it so that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will see, not just read about it in history books, but they will live in it, right? This is my story. That's just how I feel. I love this country. This country has been good for me. It saved me when I didn't have anywhere else to go and they were beating me up and I needed justice. I came here and they didn't ask me, where did you come from or why? They just said, you are here, what's wrong? When I said what was wrong, they said, well, we have this law that protects you. Here you are under this law. You should all be crying by now. I've never told that story. And people have never cried. I said, how can you even think of changing that? You were my help when I needed help. So if they come and ask me questions about serving, I'm like, I'm probably going to pull the H factor. But I'm still going to say, here I am. Where do you want me? I believe in our country. I believe in you, that you will do the right thing. Even if you don't disagree with me, even though you might say, Harriet, I'm accustomed to having the power, even if you're a white nationalist, and ideologically you might disagree with me, I still like you, and I'm going to get you to smile. And even though you might be taking up your Uzi and all kinds of stuff, I'm still going to say, put the gun down, my friend. Let's talk. Let's see what we can achieve together. Let's hold hands and continue to believe that this is our the greatest country. I want to help can you help? I want to help. Can you, can we just do that? This one thing we need to just unite under this one umbrella right here. I don't care. The numbers don't lie. It is going to be the reality. But in anticipation of that, let's start building our groups and work together and stop seeing each other as divisive and critical and I dominate and you don't dominate. Anytime you start doing that, your empire will crumble because you lose sight of what your enemies are thinking about you. We have a common enemy, the common enemies. They want to defeat us and take away our position. We got to be on the switch and awake, right? So it's Friday. We're all fearless. We're heading into the weekend on the other side of this. When I see you all, you know, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, right? I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to eat until the day off. <laughs> I want to eat the chips and stuff because it was Sunday will be seven days since Kobe, and I don't want to think about that. I want to just watch some football and say, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs, baby. Go Chiefs. All day, every day. Go Chiefs. Right? This is Harry Kimmick with Down to Earth. Thank you so much. Share the story with others. And as usual, go to my website, HarrietKimmich.com. I'm so thrilled that you took time out to be with me this morning. Thank you, all of you. I love you, and I love your discourse. You make my day. I keep talking about the stuff you guys say to me and so on. You make my day. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed, and I hope to see you. Go Chiefs! <laughs> go Chiefs, everybody. Yep. All day, baby. All day. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs> I know they're giving me the wrap up signal. I really do gotta go. I am gone. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey.